Again, my name is Reagan Gillen, and I'm excited to be here this morning with you as we are in week two of Become the Gospel. Now, uh, I think online worship has been going really well. Uh, one piece we haven't quite perfected is providing child care during online worship, but I assure you we're still working on perfecting that idea. I'm not sure how it will work, but just know that uh, we're trying to figure it out uh, for all of you parents. Um, I'm assuming you're laughing at home. That's my hope. Um, So this morning, um, I'm excited because uh, we're preaching on forgiveness, which really is a difficult topic. It's something that is very hard for us to do. Um, I know if Scott were here right now, my husband, who's a pastor here as well, he would also say, it's great that you're preaching on this, Reagan, because you're not very, very good at it. Um, And so I really enjoy diving into the scripture this week. And you may feel like we're kind of going backwards because we're actually going back before Christ was resurrected. So you may be kind of confused, like last Sunday was Easter, we celebrate the resurrection, why are we going back to the cross? But I think in this story, there's some really vital things that we need to know. And they're really important to how we um, live a different lifestyle, how we claim to be Christ followers. And it really starts um, really at, at the cross. And so I'm going to go ahead and jump right into our scripture, which is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, starting in verse 33 through 43. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leader scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he is really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him too. By offering him a drink of sour wine, they called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, This is the king of Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. So when I read scripture, especially stories such as this, one way that I feel like I get more out of it is I use my imagination and try to put myself in the shoes of the different characters there. This is one exercise I kind of learned in seminary and it really um, made stories become more alive. I learned more, I, I noticed things that I hadn't really seen before, even when it was stories that I had read time and time again and this would be one of those stories. And so I sometimes take a little creative you know, creative liberty when I'm reading scripture, but I think it's really important because we believe that this book is alive, that the Holy Spirit is moving and changing. And that's why when we read it time and time again, we often get something different out of it every single time. 
And so if you allow me, I'm going to go through the different characters that are here, some that are mentioned and some that are maybe briefly mentioned or some that are kind of assumed. Um, And I hope you'll allow me to walk through it and see how they all experience forgiveness or maybe they don't experience forgiveness or how they don't know anything about it. So at this story, we've got, of course, we have Christ who's on the cross. We've got the two criminals on either side of him. We've got the soldiers who are guarding the cross, most like at the bottom. We've got the passerby folks that are maybe journeying up and looking but not staying. And then we have Mary and other followers of Jesus, those that know him and love him well. So these are the characters that are there. And again, they're all experiencing this moment very differently. But forgiveness, which has happened, which is the main part of this story, uh, reminds us that forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness is difficult. Um, Forgiveness is not something that just comes naturally often. But again, we know that it's something vital to the Christian life. So I first want to talk about the soldiers. So we have these soldiers. We don't know much about them. um, But they are guarding the cross. And no doubt they have probably witnessed something like this. Um, time and time again, not specifically, obviously, with Jesus Christ, but this was normal behavior. This is what they did. They executed criminals um, through crucifixion. And so they probably weren't even really paying attention. I mean, they had been trained to do this. This is almost like muscle memory. I mean, they have really no feelings about it. When I was reading this week and studying this scripture, commentators uh, labeled them that they really are ignorant. They don't realize what's going on. They certainly didn't know that they were crucifying the Son of God, the Messiah. They really were ignorant of this moment. And so I look at them and I think, gosh, I've been like them before. I've been like them because there are so many times where I didn't realize that I was hurting someone I unintentionally said something um, maybe offensive or maybe I behaved in a way that someone took as anger or frustration and I didn't know it. Maybe during this time at home, uh, you've realized that maybe I've been hurtful in the past. Maybe you've come to realize that, my goodness, I'm not as patient or as present with my kids. I, I didn't know it. I didn't realize it. Or maybe you think, oh my gosh, my partner does so much more in the house. I had no idea. And Scott, no, this is not a passive aggressive uh, message for you. But I think there's something that when we, we look around and then we realize, oh my gosh, I've been doing this all along and I had no idea of the damage I was doing. So what does that mean? What does that mean for us? I think it means... Um, that when something is revealed to us, like with the soldiers, when you read past this, uh, one of the soldiers realizes what he has done. Um, The temple um, has, um, the temple curtain is torn in two, the sun has gone down, and he realizes what he has done. And so now that he knows, he's got to seek forgiveness. Now he doesn't say it, scripture doesn't say it, but I feel like in this moment when he realizes it, he probably asked for forgiveness because he realizes what he has done. But when we're ignorant, it's really important to know that um, ignorance doesn't excuse a lack of asking for forgiveness. 
We can't use that as an excuse. We can't say, well, I didn't know, so I guess I can't be held accountable for it. No, no, we still need to ask for forgiveness. So when you figure it out, when it's revealed, when it's known, when it is spoken, even if you didn't know it, it wasn't necessarily intentional, you have no choice but to ask for forgiveness and change your ways. Like this past week, I'm having breakfast with my daughter, Andy, who's four, and we're having this really, you know, just normal breakfast, and it's real sweet, and she turns to me and says, Mama, and I'm, I'm ready for something really sweet, and she says, Mama, remember when you were mean to me last night? And uh, it was great. It was an awesome feeling. Um, wanted to crawl into the closet and, and, and cry. But in that moment, I wasn't aware that night before during bedtime when she was asking me questions or delaying, I didn't realize my actions. And the next morning she remembered that I wasn't very nice to her. And so now that I know, I can't say, well, I didn't know, I didn't realize it, get over it. I have to say, I'm so sorry. Will you please forgive me? And then I try to do better the next day. Because mainly I just don't have that much money for therapy for her. So I try to acknowledge when when I'm wrong. Okay, so let's move on to the passerby. So we know that there was a crowd watching all of this take place because it was custom back in the day where they went and watched horrific things like this. I don't really understand. But when I picture, I have to imagine there's people on the fringes. You know, you've got the people that are stationary. They are watching all of this take place. And then you've got the passerby people that kind of journey up and decide, eh, and they leave. Or maybe um, there's people that got dragged there with their friends and their friends don't want to stay, but they don't know what to say. And so they sit and they just don't look at what's happening. They avert their eyes. And that sounds familiar to me as well, because I can sometimes pass by and see something that I've done or see that there is some sort of forgiveness that needs to happen. I need to ask for it. I need to give it. Um, But I look at it and I say, oh, it's too painful to look at. It's too hard to look at. So rather I'm going to ignore it, avert my eyes and keep going. And maybe it's out of stubbornness. Maybe it's out of pride. Maybe it's just, you know, I'm just lazy. I don't want to have to do the hard work. But we have to be accountable because the gospel teaches us that we have um, to be forgiving people. And so we have to be comfortable facing our need for forgiveness, even when it's really, really hard, when it's really painful, when we know that we have done so much damage, we have to face it. We have to look at it. And so offering and asking forgiveness are not something we can avoid. We just can't. We can't avoid it. And so if you know you've done something wrong, don't walk by, sit in it. (laughs) Don't rush by. Don't pretend. Do something about it. Okay, that now the two criminals. So I know we've got this one criminal who, um, who scoffs at Jesus. He is uh, patronizing. He says, you know, just save yourself, Jesus. And while you're at it, save us too. See, he doesn't even want to acknowledge that he needs forgiveness. He really doesn't think he's done wrong. But we know that he's a criminal. He probably did something in order to get there on the cross. But there's something else in this story that I think is really interesting that we might miss. Is that Jesus obviously has power. um, But he doesn't force this man to accept him. 
or to have forgiveness. He doesn't, you know, give him this choice like, you need to decide right now, which is why I always have a hard time when there's um, preachers or people that say, you need to decide right now. You need to ask for forgiveness. Well, maybe the person's not there yet. They're not ready. I think we have to be genuine and we have to be authentic when it comes to forgiveness. We don't just say the words. We have to feel it and know it in our hearts. But I love that Jesus does not force any of us to love him or to accept him. That he's a God that waits patiently. But he does give this grace freely, but we have to be ready. We have to acknowledge. So I love in this moment that Jesus um, lets the guy decide for himself. And so it reminds me that we can't ever force someone to forgive us. And we can't force ourselves um, to give some sort of fake forgiveness to someone. But then there's this other guy, the other criminal. He acknowledges and he's very self-aware that he deserves to be punished. He knows what he's done. We don't, but he knows that he's guilty. And so he's up there and he's not trying to pretend to be someone he's not. But he knows Jesus. He looks at him and he realizes, oh my gosh, I deserve to be up here, but this man does not. I'm so unworthy, and this man, Jesus, is so worthy of my praise. He's worth so much. And so I feel like in that moment, he changes, and he asks Christ, will you remember me? And what does Jesus do? He says, I assure you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Again, Christ doesn't force himself, but when we are ready, this grace, this forgiveness is so freely given. It's so freely given. And we need to be like that as well. And so when it comes to Christ, the forgiveness is something so freely given. But we first have to acknowledge who we are and what we are in need of. Okay, the last group. Mary, um, the women, other friends, other followers. So um, Jesus' followers that are there, um, you know, they have seen Jesus. They have followed um, him for a while. Now they've seen his miracles. They know what he has to offer. They know who he is. You know, they're sitting there looking around at everyone saying, don't you realize who this man is? Don't you realize what you're doing? But they know the stories. And most of all, they know the forgiveness that Christ offers because they have received it. They have felt it and they have been changed by it. And that is like us. We know the story. We know who Christ is. We know what Christ offers. We know that Christ came in what he said he came to do. It happened and what he offers is ours to have. We know this. And so we have to do something with it. But I think some of us have forgotten what it is. And so we've been more like the soldiers um, we've been ignorant of our actions. We've been ignorant of things. We've all only thought about ourselves. We've been consumed about just us. And that's opposite of the gospel. We know that the gospel teaches us to always look at others, to be aware of how we're impacting others, what we're saying, what we're doing, how are we loving our neighbor. We know that we can't be about ourselves. We have to be about others. We also um, have been like the passerby, or we don't want to put in the hard work to ask for forgiveness. We don't want to give forgiveness. We don't have to do the hard work in our heart to find grace and love and forgiveness for someone else. 
And that is also not the gospel. We have to be able to do hard work. We've also maybe been like the criminal who thinks we're just fine the way we are. We don't need to change. We don't need to do anything. We think, well, the grace is free, so let me just have it. Just give it to me. And no. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay the same as I am today. I want to change. I want to evolve. I want to become more Christ-like. And so I have to acknowledge where I am and who I am. So we can't be like those people. We can't, we can't find ourselves in this story pretending, avoiding, being prideful. Because our Christ is risen. We just celebrated Easter. Our Christ is risen. He is resurrected and we are to be the messengers of the gospel. We are to become the gospel. And forgiveness is so vital to that. We talk about a lot um, the, the classic song, they will know we are Christians by our love. And yes, they absolutely should. But they should also know us by the way that we forgive and the way that we offer forgiveness and ask for it. And so I believe to become the gospel, we jump at the opportunity to ask for forgiveness and to offer it as well. We jump because we know what it means to be forgiven. We know what it is to have that offered to us. We know what it is to have a fresh start. And so forgiveness and the way we give it out, the way we ask for it can be such a marker for how we live differently. And it can be proof that we believe the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. To become the gospel is to choose or to do hard things. And forgiveness is a cornerstone, something foundational about being a Christ follower. So my friends, I, I ask that, um, that we would become the gospel with outstretched arms asking forgiveness and also by pulling someone in close and saying, will you please forgive me? I pray we never forget the power of those words, that we would never forget what Christ did, what this book offers us. It's something we don't deserve, but we have it. So let's give it to as many people as we can. I pray that we would become the gospel. Amen. Okay. So, um, also, we've got a lot still going at the church. And I, first of all, I want to say that um, the church wants to remind you that we are here for you. If there are needs that you have, um, concerns, we want to be a church for you. Right now, we've got an online pastor that would love to um, to pray with you, to listen to you, and see how we can maybe fill your needs. We really want um, to become the gospel to our community during this time. One way we do, we're doing that is through our food ministry, where we've been distributing um, hundreds and hundreds of bags of food to people. And you can come and, and sign up to serve. We would love to help you, um, you know, use your time well. You can pack food, you can unload trucks, you can do so many things, you can hand out food. Also, we want to make sure that you're still connected. We have a lot of online groups. I think last I heard we have about 28 online um, groups and classes going on. So if you want to know about those, um, you can email classes at llumc.org to find out where you can jump in on a class because we know that um, staying connected is really, really important in this time. Also on Sunday, May 3rd, our music director, Jimmy Emery, is going to have a concert 
um, where you can join us at five o'clock at llumc.org slash live. Um, and just a time of wonderful music. Maybe you miss going to concerts. Maybe you miss um, just listening to something that is soothing and, and uplifting and encouraging. And so um, we're so excited that our music ministry is offering this opportunity. Also, um, if you've been receiving um, our emails, you know that we had a generous family um, offer to give $20,000 uh, for a match, and we've made that. And then we got word that they would love to give it an additional 5000 if we would want to match that this upcoming week. We know that um, right now there's a lot of us that are experiencing um, stress financially, but we also know that all of us still want to help and give in some way. And so uh, we pray that you are thinking about how can I serve my community? How can I love my neighbor in the best way? How can I be generous um, in my own special way? And so in a moment, we're gonna look at a video of different ways that you can give and offer and help and serve and, and live into um, loving our neighbor. We're so glad you joined us this morning and we're excited to be with you again next Sunday. We love you, we're praying for you, and God bless you all, amen.